Hi, you're listening to Magnifico Radio. I'm your host, Kate Black. Each week, I sit down with leaders, makers, and designers at the forefront of sustainability to discuss their journeys and motivation. Whether it's ethical fashion, clean beauty, or sustainable products, they're all doing something Magnifico. Bank and Vogue, global innovators and creators of relevant solutions to the crisis of stuff, make today's episode possible. Experts at upcycling used apparel. See what they can do to help you and your brand by visiting bankvogue.com. Today's guest is natural beauty expert, celebrity makeup artist, and herbalist based in New York and L.A., Jessa Blades. Hi, Jessa. Hi. How's it going? Good. And you? Really, really good. So happy to be talking with you. Me too. I'm glad we could finally make this happen. So I want to just kind of start off with your background. Have you always been a makeup maven? Yes. I think my mother would say yes. From the time when I was three years old, I got my first uh, makeup little play makeup kit. Um, But I have always been interested really since I was about 18 and sort of started playing with makeup with my friends. And then uh, in college, I took the only makeup class that they had available. It was a theater makeup class. And it worked well. I was an art major and a double major in art psychology. And I was sort of really fascinated by playing with makeup, making characters transform on stage, and then also makeup with my friends, getting ready for parties, and sort of the psychology behind beauty. And uh, makeup has always been my tool as, as an artist um, and helping people sort of transform the way they look with the goal, always help them feel better. And so through social and you have a blog and now a podcast, you're always trying to share simple and gentle ways to heal and nurture the skin and body. Where should we start? What's the first step in beauty? Hmm, gut health. <laughs> So many people are talking about this now for everything, mental, mental stamina, everything. So you actually think beauty starts in the stomach? I mean, I do. I think it's a, it's a very, it's obviously very complicated and it also starts in the mind and how you feel about yourself. And then it also starts on, you know, in the bathroom cabinet, do you have good non-toxic healing makeup products and lipsticks, you know, what I think is so fun about the way my career has morphed and changed is I can really meet a client where they are, you know? So um, if, if somebody's doing all the right things and still having issues with their beauty, you know, maybe we do need to look at the gut uh, and they haven't really addressed that yet. But, but then if you get a, a woman who is trying really hard to um, look and feel good and having issues with their skin, but hasn't really made the switch to natural products, you know, I can start them off with using more holistic natural skincare. Um, and then also talking about the gut. <laughs> it really, it really is uh, the root of everything of all health. And so, when you when you talk about it as a career, how did it evolve from the stage and the sets in in university and college to actually, you know, flying everywhere and really helping a lot of women um, kind of come into come into their own with their own beauty? Yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, after college, I knew that I wanted to do makeup professionally and so I went up to Canada and went to a makeup school up there called Complexions International. What a great name, Toronto, Canada. Uh, I did a fashion photographic makeup class and so I learned how to do makeup on set and 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 that was that was really great. I learned a lot of skills and came to New York and started working in fashion as a makeup artist. And per- personally around that time I was getting really interested in sustainability and the environment and you know but was still uh, using just the regular products I'd always used. 
And I then started to hear around the time when Stacey Malkin's book came out, um, Not Just a Pretty Face, The Ugly Side of the Beauty Industry. That's around the time when I started to find out about the campaign to save cosmetics and the toxins in our beauty products. That really opened my eyes. I had been to makeup school. I had worked behind the counter at a for a beauty brand and never heard that there were toxins in our beauty products. So I started to educate myself and educate my clients and really work on the legislative side and trying to really change uh, the industry. You know, look, let's get these toxins out of the products and let's educate consumers and let's try and change the brands and do more of that sort of activist work, which, which I still do and still is really important to me. Um, but I would also say something that happened around that time, too, was I started to have issues with my skin that, you know, for me, it wasn't acne. For me, it was just the driest, most sensitive skin. And um, no dermatologist, no allergist could tell me what was going on. And so I started to make my own products with herbs and realized that I was actually causing a lot of the sensitivity that um, I thought the products were causing. You know, it was it wasn't just. Well, it was it was the products, but I was putting them on. I was putting them on because the doctor or dermatologist had told me that they would be fixing my skin and they were actually causing the issues. So I just stopped everything I was doing and really um, cleaned up my beauty products and just simplified and realized, too, that the more gentle, the more plant-based, the more natural, the better my body responded. And... And that was that was really exciting to sort of get that little glimmer of hope of a new way to sort of look at the skin as the largest organ and look at the things that I could do, you know, internally through food and diet and herbs. And then also the topical, the topical changes that I could make and be putting on really wonderful healing products versus products that my doctor or dermatologist or the beauty industry had said was good, but really like my skin was saying, ouch, poison, no, you know, because I was getting hives and I was getting rashes and I was reacting. So it was a, really the first time when I started to listen to my body in a real way and say, oh, you know what? I'm not too sensitive. I'm just the right amount of sensitive and I am going to listen and I am going to choose different products. I love all of this. Uh, and there's so many times when I wanted to jump in, but I didn't really want to. So <laughs> let's just start with how did you end up in Toronto? Did you know Toronto was my hometown? No, I did not. Yes. Yeah, so That's how did amazing. how did you end up finding a beauty school? And the only beauty school that you really wanted to go to was in Canada. Yeah. So it was the only one that wasn't only focused on like special effects makeup. There was like one in Orlando, and there were a couple in LA. Uh, the only ones that were sort of straight beauty, you know, without like the learning the gore or like the animatronic sort of stuff, um, were in London and then Toronto. And I. Um, would have loved to go to London, but that just wasn't in the cards. In Toronto, I was like, oh, I can take the train there from New York. That's perfect. So it was it was a great school, and um, and then I love Toronto. What a what a neat city. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty vibrant. And then so and then Stacy Malkin's book. Stacy Malkin is also Canadian. So when and where did you first discover her book? You know, I think it actually, I, I kind of remember the day. And it was, I had seen on the news, there was something about um, lead in lipstick. And then, you know, the a, a man who was representing the personal care cosmetics council came out to say, there's, oh, well, you, maybe there's trace amounts of lead in lipstick, but then there's also trace amounts of lead in the water and in candy. So, like, don't be worried. And that just did not 
us that, well, with me, especially my sister as a little kid had eaten some paint just like on the windowsill in our old Victorian house and had gotten lead poisoning in the hospital for a really long time. So I was like, wait a minute. I don't think any amount of lead is good. And I started to do my own research and that's when Stacy's book popped up and I read that book from cover to cover. Uh, and yeah, it really changed, really changed the way I was looking at the beauty industry and looking at the, um, just the power that we have in our choices and just realizing I am not interested in choosing those things anymore that do not support me and are contributing to environmental and a personal toxic burden of chemicals that, um, that they're just doing because they either don't know or because it's cheap or because no one's told them they couldn't. I was just, I was just not interested in participating in that anymore. Yeah, and that happened for me as well, because when I was writing my book, I, I was writing and was going to focus mostly on fashion and accessories and, and um, just the things you, that you wore. And then I read Stacy's book and I thought, OK, I can't really talk about what's wrong with the things we wear without talking about our personal care products. So she she totally impacted me as well. Um, and so for people that don't know, um, her book is called Not Just a Pretty Face, The Ugly Side of the Beauty Industry. Uh, it will change your life. Um, okay, so, and then you kind of transitioned into some own issues that you were having. So with your own kind of recovery or, or I don't know, like kind of rehealthing yourself, you did it internally and externally? You did kind of a double? I did. I, I, I changed a lot of the outside products, the topicals, and then I realized, you know, sometimes I get hives when... Um, you know, when I eat something or when I'm emotionally, you know, triggered or upset and just sort of looking at the skin is just this like great communicator. And I had, I was lucky enough to have a, a new friend who was an herbalist, a Western trained herbalist. And she told me about a retreat up in Vermont with a really famous herbalist named Rosemary Gladstar. And so I went up and started to study with Rosemary. Anybody who doesn't know Rosemary needs to just Google her and check her out. She is she is pure magic. And I, I went up and I took a class called Herbs for Family Health. And it was um, all about the tonic foods, the herbs, the foraging plants, uh, and really just taking our health back into our own hands. And that started my my love and interest in herbalism. And so it's like, yeah, when you're asking me as a beauty expert what my best beauty advice is, why I'm talking about the gut, <laughs> why I'm bringing up food and why I'll, you know, give a lot of my clients a recommendation to ingest bitters to help their skin and not just using concealer to cover up their pimples. You know, it's a beautiful uh, conversation that the body is always having. And so herbalism, and especially our Western tradition of what we have here growing in this part of the world, is um, these plants are our best, our best friends and our best medicine and our best prevention for feeling and also looking or the best way we can. I love it. I think you're one of the first people to actually have this conversation with me because I, I did an elimination diet about a year and a half ago. And then as I started to reintroduce, because um, I cut out five things, dairy, sugar, alcohol, grains, um, 
and oh, maybe only four things. And as I started to reintroduce, I realized through my skin, particularly on my face, exactly what was reacting with me. So it was the first time that I could see that if I was having skin trouble, that it, it might actually be something that I was causing for myself. Um, so I, I think it's totally fascinating. So when you when you take on clients or you have clients, do you do you kind of do you take them on holistically or do you kind of check the boxes? Do they want to work outside or inside or both? Or like, how do you have this conversation with a lot of, um, particularly your celebrity clients? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it really interesting. And I think that all this is a journey. And so I really try to respect where people are. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes clients will just come to me and they want to learn how to like do that elusive smoky eye. <laughs> And they want to do it with, like, the most non-toxic natural products they can. And can I please just show them because watching the YouTube videos aren't working. So I will show them. And those people, you know, maybe aren't, you know, eating for health yet and don't really get the idea about um, different herbs and foods for prevention and, um, and good health. But I, you know, I might make tiny little statements and sort of offerings that if they're ever open, like, I'm a great resource. Uh, and then some people come to me and want to overhaul everything and really get it and see all the connections and are just ready to jump right in and get rid of all that is not serving them. So it's, it's really a humbling and beautiful experience to work with my clients because, you know, when it comes to beauty in general, it's such a vulnerable uh, conversation. There's so much tied up to it, especially too, like how, you know, we eat and how we soothe ourselves and uh, really just wanting to offer as much as I can of help and inspiration and, you know, not participate in the, in the culture surrounding like, this is bad. This is good. We need to detox your poison, you know, just really working with people where they are and inspiring them to like continue on that path. Um, and, you know, I think, Celebrities are are a really fun group of folks to work with um, because they have a lot of the means, you know, because some of these changes are very expensive and some of them are actually not at all. So it is fun to say to somebody who, you know, you can assume they have the Vitamix and you can assume they have the access to, you know, really wonderful fresh vegetables all the time because, uh, because that's. It, you know, to say that this is always the it's always the cheaper solution to be healthy and well, it is not true. But that being said, I'm the queen of finding as many self care cheap hacks as possible if that is the you know the type of budget we're working on. Because I do not think self care has to be um, too ex- it does not have to be precious and it does not have to only be expensive uh, to be to be something that we can adopt into our lifestyles ASAP. I love that, especially when we're talking about clean and, and natural beauty, because people always do expect that it's, oh, it's just going to cost me so much more. Okay, we need to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Are you looking for natural and organic beauty products to detoxify your life? Then you need the Detox Market. What started as a pop-up shop on Abbot Kinney in Venice Beach back in 2010 has turned into the most trusted source of clean beauty with shops in both L.A. and Toronto where shoppers can smell, try, and learn about the latest in organic skincare, natural makeup, and more. The Detox Market is the go-to resource for those who believe in the power of pure products. 
Check them out online at thedetoxmarket.com and visit their YouTube channel for tips and product reviews. You're listening to Magnifico Radio. This is Kate Black, and I'm sitting down with Jessa Blades, and we're talking about clean and natural beauty. So I wanted to ask you, Jessa, do you have some favorite brands or favorite brands for skincare, favorite makeup? Oh, there's so many. It's so fun these days. There are so many to play with. Um, I surely do. I'd say uh, for skincare, I'm really... Oh, gosh, where should we start? Maybe we should. Okay, let's start with skincare because I feel like that's a good one and that's just sort of the base of everything. Um, Josh Rosebrook, I love. He's been coming out with for skin, really beautiful balms. Um, I love the um, Vintner's Daughter. Have you tried that serum yet? It's like a face oil that's really beautiful. Um, that's one of my favorites. Definitely. Um, I, I'm. Tata Harper has been around for a really long time and is still making beautiful products, really nice and floral smells that just like are aromatherapy. If people <laughs> are making holiday lists, they can be like, okay, I'll put this yeah. on my holiday list. What about foundation? Are you a believer in foundation or CC cream? Sure. I surely am. I mean, I, I think it's, um, if you want to wear it, it has its place. It's, it does a, does a great job, but I, I would say that, um, Getting your skin to be the best it can sort of makes it so they don't have to wear a lot of foundation, which is which is great, especially when the conversation of price comes in. Like, oh, this natural foundation is so expensive. And my answer is, okay, yes, let's get your skin to a better place, and then you get to wear less. Um, but it's so that's that's kind of fun to, to remind folks. But as far as brands go, I really like. Um, well, people came out with a great tinted moisturizer recently that I love. Vapor makes these really nice sticks that are sort of an all-over face foundation. Those are really beautiful. Uh, Jane Iredale has my favorite line of powders. They do like the pure press powder, and they also have, have an F- SPF of uh, 20, I believe. So that's really nice. So you can get some SPF um, through your powder, through your foundation powder. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Okay, what about lips? Lips. I'm really into oh, my new favorite color. Rosewater by the brand Kosas. They're in LA. They are lovely. Lips they love. Um, RMS, you know, always good for their lips and cheek tints. Those are just, those colors are just delicious. Uh, Not to taste, but just delicious and visually delicious and beautiful. I also love, I love, um, who else is Vapor, actually. They have some really nice, really wearable colors. They're also those, like, great sticks, easy to pop in your purse. Those are really beautiful. And so you've been commuting a lot between New York and L.A. How often are you making the trek? I, well, it really depends on the month, but um, around once a month or so. Okay. Once a month and once every two months, yeah. And how do you cope with the commute? Because I know a lot of my listeners are startups and, you know, just trying to kind of get their brands off the ground or working and traveling a lot. So how do you make sure that the travel doesn't take its toll on your face or, in my care, on my hair? Yeah, it's a great question. It is really, it's one of the reasons why I don't travel there more and travel back and forth more because it really takes me a while to recover. And I'm really sensitive to, to those changes and to the jet lag. Um, a couple of my tips are I, I just I pack enough food on those planes for 
um, you know, for for me and my friends on either side of me in every seat because, you know, the, the choices that I make with my food and with my diet, like, they are such that I can't find those solutions, you know, in the airport. So I'm always, like, you know, eating fresh fruit. And my favorite is I make a jar with, like, a with an egg, some kitchery. I don't know if you know what kitchery is. It's a really delicious rice and lentil dish with digestive spices and ghee. So I make, like, rice with a hard-boiled egg, some sautéed greens, avocado with some kimchi, so getting my fermented foods in there. And that lasts four hours um, doesn't need to be warmed up or it doesn't matter if it's super cold. So that's really nice. I also make sure to always have bitters. So bitters are, you know, what you've seen in your cocktails for years, but um, choosing bitters that don't have sugar or caramel coloring are really important. So they're bitter herbs that have been in alcohol. You can buy them in a little dropper bottle under three ounces. Those are great to take on the plane to uh, help with keeping your digestion in check. And also when I get to either end of my journey, taking bitters are really good to help um, with like any acid reflux, again, with any digestion and just helping and supporting my liver do its job better, helping with my keeping my skin clear. And you've mentioned those twice now. So how, how do you take, like, how do you self take bitters? Yeah. So you would find a great brand. A really wonderful one is Urban Moonshine, they're out of Vermont, um, and a lot of other wonderful people are making bitters. And you, I would take them, you know, if I like was on the plane and my stomach was feeling like just weird or I was feeling bloated or anything, I could take them directly onto my tongue, uh, not really mixed with water because you actually want the bitter taste to hit your tongue and to take like a dropper full right on your tongue. Uh, and then I would also take, you know, I'll take them if I know I'm going to eat a big dinner, like if I'm going out for a client dinner and they're just going to overorder and I know it's going to be hard to say no, I will take bitters before I eat. So that's like about 10 minutes before I eat, another dropper full um, on my tongue, and then um, sort of help my digestion get going. Oh, I love this. It's, yeah. Especially since the holidays are right around the corner. So this is a great idea to cope with holiday dinners. I know. I wish we could go back in time for Thanksgiving. Bitters like were invented for Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah, but Christmas and and the other holiday meals and New Year's. Yep. I don't know. In my family, yep. New Year's is always a big meal, so there's totally. there's plenty to come. So, can we talk also other ways that herbs can can really kind of help people um, kind of adapt their life? We did this amazing eco sessions in New York over the summer, trying to help people um, combat issues with sleep. And so we had an herbalist, we had an aromatherapist, and and I just learned so much about how what we eat or the kind of teas that we drink could really and the candles that we light can really kind of affect our mood and and disposition so what can you recommend to people to help calm stress around this time of year Mm, that's so beautiful yeah i well i think what's so interesting about how stress affects the body it affects every body and everybody differently so i think what's really neat is to have folks who are listening you know take a moment and to, to ask themselves when i'm stressed when i get out of balance like around the holidays what what and where do I see it? So for some people who it affects their sleep, you know, a great uh, great additions with herbs are lavender pillow spray, for instance. So around your nighttime rituals, spray your pillow with some lavender spray. That's a wonderful herb. Another wonderful herb is 
sleep is an issue for you. You know, it's the kind of sleep problems that you can't quiet your mind around sleep. Some herbs that are great to take maybe in a tincture form are valerian, passionflower, um, skullcap. Those are really nice sleeping herbs. Um, and then, you know, when I find some folks, the way stress affects them is they just have just that anxiety, you know, and it's not really affecting their sleep. It's just a generalized anxiety. Herbs that are nice for that could be um, an herb maybe like a Tulsi, a Tulsi herb or holy basil. They're, uh, they're adaptogenic stress herbs. So you want to maybe take them as it leads up to the holidays and then during the holidays and then after. So to help you deal with that stress, another herb for that sort of just general feeling of overwhelm is um, ashwagandha and also kava kava. So there's a really great tea that yogi tea makes. It's a kava like stress tea and you can take that, you know, take that in tea every evening um, would be lovely. Um, but it's, it's neat to, to think about, like, how, how does this affect you? Some people just, their stomach hurts all the time, and it's not because they they overate. It's because that's where they hold their, their stress. So for them, bitters, fermented foods, chamomile tea, those are going to be some great, some great herbs. I feel like it's coming full circle because we started off talking about gut health, and now <laughs> as we kind of talk about this, because in my mind I'm imagining this conversation helping listeners and and kind of bringing out their inner beauty over the holidays because they've managed to quell all this stuff that, for me anyways, always shows up in my skin. Like when I'm stressed or when I'm when I'm anxious or when I've not slept well, you can definitely see it um, around my eyes. And so, what besides bitters, what herbs do you normally take regularly, and and why? So that's a great question, and it's a really nice way to answer it in sort of an annoying way, which is I don't take any herbs all the time because I um, am constantly evolving, constantly changing. I'm constantly in different, you know, it's, the seasons are changing. So, and, and also the body loves variety with our food and with our herbs. So, um, you know, if, I'm, if I am so stressed all the time, that I need to take my stress herbs, for instance, all the time. Like, I need to change something, you know. I need to, like, update my life or update my meditation practice or or my therapy practice or my exercise practice, that sort of thing. So there are none that I take all the time because hopefully I'm constantly evolving and I am part of nature and, you know, the seasons are changing. And, you know, I think very differently in the winter than I do in the summer. So that's just my annoying answer to say, like, there's no one quick fix, which I think is important when talking about wellness. Yes. Because we want it. We want it just, we just want, like, tell me the herbs to take forever, Jessa. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And it also just helps us remember that we are evolving. And so the stress that we had yesterday might not be the same as the stress we have today. And so to kind of, when you're thinking about yourself and your holistic health, to kind of take in each day as it comes. Yep, that's, that's, super, that's super beautiful. So, I mean, right now, you know, I, I can tell you um, in the winter months, I am taking my immune boosters. You know, I'm eating more garlic, so more raw garlic in my food. Uh, I am taking an immune blend because when, you know, in the winter months, when we're inside all the time and I'm still busy and traveling, um, herbs like echinacea and golden seal, adding a little bit of propolis, um, like a throat spray. 
those are some of my favorite immune herbs. And then for sure, those adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha and like Tulsi or holy basil, those are like, those are the preventative decisions I make when I'm like, oh, it's the beginning of November. Okay. I know what's about to happen. <laughs> like it's about to get crazy, holiday crazy time. So I want to take herbs that my body can then use to help me um, modulate the stress better. Um, but it's a, it's a prevention. Herbs are great for prevention, not triage is what I like to say. Oh, I love that expression. And what about cannabis? Because I can see it, particularly in L.A., it's just kind of having its moment. It's so exciting, especially in foodies. And it's like there's a restaurant. And in Toronto, there's a new boutique where you can get all kinds of um, things to go with cannabis and all kinds of books on how to use cannabis. How is cannabis have a place in beauty as well? It really, really does. I actually just wrote an article uh, for Bus Magazine that just came out on um, you know, beauty products with cannabis in them. <laughs> so that one is, th- that one was more for topical. So I think when we think about beauty, you know, I'm excited to see that the conversation is really getting expansive. So yes, like cannabis infused beauty products are really great and help helpful to your skin with full of antioxidants, full of really good healing, calming, anti-inflammatory oils. And then back to what we were talking about before cannabis, as far as, you know, uh, like a general wellness solution. It's like, you're not sleeping. Why aren't you sleeping? Oh, because your back is sore. Okay. Maybe you need to take, um, you know, a tincture or some, you know, have a vape pen or however you want to ingest your cannabis and help it uh, with your back pain. Because what's amazing about cannabis as a plant is it's anti-inflammatory as well as analgesic, uh, which means it helps with pain. So it helps like relax the body and calm the body and also heal it at the same time. So it's just, it's just an incredible plant. And what I'm, what I'm excited about what's happening in LA, what people are seeing more of is that it's a plant, plants heal. (laughs) Plants are growing around us, trying so much to balance our bodies and make us feel the best we can. Um, And the stigma is falling away, which, which is great. I, I love all of that. So um, I have this kind of series of routine questions that I ask at the end of each interview. Um, and the first one is, if your life had a motto, what would it be? Uh, it would be, and this is what I use a lot with my clients, um, and I always try to remind myself daily, is make it fun and make it pretty, like, which sounds silly, but it's, you know, when how can we make everything more fun and more silly and more beautiful, you know, when I'm working with a client and trying to get, um, you know, get their diet feeling healthier. It's not about making them feel bad. It's like, how can we add more flowers to it? <laughs> let's let's make let's make more ritual and more adornments and more beautiful uh, plant-based products and more hikes and more sleeping outside under the stars and get get more in touch with all that so if you can like make it more fun and make it more pretty it's sort of like my reminder to do that and if I came over for dinner like I obviously know that I want to fly with you the next time I'm going to get avocado and kimchi (laughs) I'm going to get kachiri Um, but if I came over for dinner what would we have oh yes okay well I think that we would have um, probably my health nachos Ooh. I'm really into them. So I believe that, um, that you know, not 
no one tastes nachos. Everybody loves nachos, but no one eats them in a healthy way. So I make my, I would make you my own refried beans that have in the broth with the beans that has um, seaweed and medicinal healing mushrooms and a little bit of turmeric. And then I make my own raw dairy uh, sour cream, which just I use yogurt instead and strain out all the liquid and make it so it's like this really medicinal gut health sour cream hack. Uh, and then top with tons of wonderful seasonal vegetables. And then um, I really like cheese. So I put on some cheese and then maybe make you a homemade probiotic fermented hot sauce to put on top. A girl after my own heart. <laughs> I love all of that. Um, and then who or what inspires you? People and humanity and um, and and just the resiliency. And then also reminding when I have, have the reminder that we are nature. We are not people living alongside of nature. Just nature inspires me and therefore People are nature. Our gut health is nature. Trees that, you know, come up through the sidewalk crack repeatedly year after year, even though they're cut down. Like the plants that grow off the BQE in Brooklyn or the bougainvillea that grows off the highway in L.A. that's in the shape of a pink heart. Like that perseverance, that resilience really inspires me. And then what's next on your bucket list? What are you working towards? I'm always looking towards how I can help and empower people. So I am working on a book um, about healing and self-care for women. And that is really an exciting project. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's really exciting. When's it due? Not sure yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a process. It's a process. Yeah, it's such a process. Um, And... And I'm also working on a project that really um, is a way to share a lot of my herbal elders with with the, with the world. So a lot of these women in their 60s and 70s. Um, so I'm conducting a lot of interviews right now and seeing seeing what the best way to share that is. So whether that's, that takes a part of this book or is a separate book, but really these women who have, have lived their lives helping and healing people, honoring the plants, focusing on conservation and healing this earth, you know, taking their wisdom and sharing it with the masses is is something that I'm really passionate about. I love it. And then where can people keep track of these projects and other projects that you, that pop up for you? Totally. So jessablades.com is really good. J-E-S-S-A-B-L-A-D-E-S. And then also on Instagram with that same name, I'm jessablades on Instagram. So my website or my Instagram is the best way. And then if you want to get on my mailing list, I have a link there and and um, you can pop that in and stay tuned. I'm teaching a lot of upcoming classes and workshops all around the country about health and healing and skincare and holistic beauty rituals for stress management and all of that. That's so great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. There's so many great tips in this show. I, I'm sure people will be playing it over and over again. Thank you so Um, And thank you to my listeners. That's been another episode of Magnifico Radio. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. And have a question, want to be a sponsor, or recommend a guest, you can always email me at radio at magnifico, and that's magnifico.com. And want to learn more about clean and natural beauty? Sign up for our newsletter at magnifico.com. I'm Kate Black. Thanks for listening.